be known as Karen with cancer, but the reality is that is who I am. My cancer has made me a better version of myself and for that, I'm really grateful. These cancer conversations with Karen are going to be mini episodes that will provide you with what worked well for me. Simple suggestions that brought hope, resources, and connections throughout my cancer journey. If you're listening for the first time, let me introduce myself. My name is Karen Sullivan, the founder of Pretty Wellness, a two-time breast cancer survivor thriving with stage four disease, and the author of the book that shares the name of this podcast, Happiness Through Hardship. Today's chat, I will share my thoughts on the first few days after a cancer diagnosis. Let me say first, if you're here because you were just diagnosed, I am so, so sorry. I'm here to tell you that there is so much hope, whatever stage that you've been diagnosed. The day I was initially diagnosed was three months after my wedding at age 31. And then the stage four diagnosis was nine years later around my 40th birthday. Both of these were really dark. It was a shock. It came out of left field the first time, and frankly, even the second time we weren't expecting it. We really didn't know what to feel, and at first, we didn't even really know what to do. When it comes to the initial diagnosis, unfortunately, you can't bury your head in the sand for that long. You have to make several decisions in a short amount of time, and the first few weeks after my diagnosis were the most stressful and mentally draining. Ultimately, you have to make the decisions yourself with the information you have at that time. I want to share with you a few of my thoughts in hopes of making you or your loved one's initial diagnosis a little easier. The first thing I love to talk about and share is what I call my morning without care philosophy. Now, this is honestly really what it sounds like. Those first 24 hours are the worst, and honestly, the next few days were pretty rotten as well. But throughout my life, I've adopted this philosophy, and while I know a cancer diagnosis differs from a broken finger, a stressful bone, or some social drama that I might have had in high school, I use this tool, and it's worked well for me. I will mourn without care for a certain time period, usually 48 hours, and what this means is those 48 hours or the time period I decide, if it means staying in bed and crying all day and night, then that's what I do. If it means feeling sorry for myself and talking about it for two straight days, then I would do that. If it was locking myself in a room by myself and blasting music, eating too much, eating too little, swearing, dancing, or just being, as long as it wasn't against the law or incredibly unhealthy, I was okay with it. But then... After my morning without care time period, I would take one step at a time, bring my life back into focus. I would create to-do lists and then start working things off the list in priority order. And trust me, that is exactly what I did with the cancer shocks. Yes, I had headaches. Yes, there was so much negativity that pained me. But I didn't judge, especially in those first few days. I just let myself be. I just let myself take it in. But then when it comes to cancer, at some point you have to put one foot in front of the other and make some decisions or at least decide to not make those decisions. And so this is something that I found worked really well for me because it would help me get my feelings out, 
get me adjust to the shock that I was in so that I could move forward and make decisions that I was happy with. So then my second, really my second and third points are don't do extensive research on the internet and get second and third opinions instead. Now, I know it's so easy to go to our smartphones right now and look up everything that we can find out about our diagnosis, but unless you are a doctor or medical practitioner that specializes in cancer treatment, skimming the internet will likely bring on more anxiety than calming nerves. If you crave that information right away, ask a friend to do the research on whatever you need. Let that person look into the latest medical treatments for your cancer, the drugs, the surgeries, the chemotherapies, the radiation, and other healthy lifestyle modalities. Let somebody else do that for you because you may fall upon statistics that do not relate to you. Have this person help find anecdotal success stories, or I will tell you, for me, that's what fueled me. Hearing the stories of people, hey, like myself, I have been living six and a half years with stage four disease. I have beat the odds more than two times. I can be that success story for people who are living with stage four disease or just diagnosed. Now, on that note, where can you get more information? This is why I love second and third opinions. I cannot stress this enough. I know it's exhausting. I know it's overwhelming. And sometimes people meet a doctor that they love and they just want to move forward. That is understandable and that is great. Now, getting another opinion does not mean you have to leave the doctor that you just met and loved. It just provides you with more information about your case, another person to ask questions to. Having several different physicians explain the data and recommendations can be really useful. Each opportunity in these appointments is a time that you can ask questions that'll help you feel good about the decisions that you make. Now, how do you find second and third opinions? There's a number of ways to do it. When I was first diagnosed, I knew nothing about cancer. I was not from the state I lived in. I really felt young and clueless in some ways because I was. But the doctor that diagnosed me actually lined up some doctors at the hospital that he was associated with. So I had those first opinions. And then I reached out to a few friends, really just meaning to let them know what was going, in, going on in my world. And they shared with me that their mother had had breast cancer, that their friend had had breast cancer. And so with that, I was able to find some other doctors in the area that were potential second opinions. Of course, if you've got insurance, you can look up who your insurance carrier, like the providers that work with them, that is a way. You can also call nearby hospitals and ask who they suggest. So there's a number of ways that you can find those second and third opinions. So another tip I love to give people is to tell them what worked for me was creating my own care team or even call it an inner circle. Truth be told, the first few weeks, I didn't want anyone to know that I had cancer, both the first and the second time. I was upset, I was scared, and I didn't have time to explain to others what I was thinking, feeling, and going through. And so thanks to this small, call it inner circle of family and close friends, once I was ready to share the news, They did it for me. In fact, they took a lot of work off my plate so that I could focus 
on what I needed to do. Now, I will say it's important to just take a moment to think about who you want on your team. There are some people that, and you probably know who I'm talking about, some people that want to be there because they're drawn to drama. Or they say they're going to do things, but yet they're really, 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 really busy. And so you're not sure. It's not that you don't trust them, but that they can deliver. So these are some questions that I ask myself when, or I asked myself at the time, how I could make life easier with this inner circle. So think first, who makes your life easier? You can often find a role for them, even if they live far away. I was talking about doing some research. You can throw that to those people in your inner circle. Who is exceptionally organized? These people might be somebody you'd want to bring to your appointments with you that could take notes, that can help you organize all your appointments. Who makes you laugh? This was so important to me, especially because my husband and I went through this together. And so it's who makes you laugh? Who makes your closest caregivers laugh too? Whether you call them, whether you FaceTime them, or whether you just know they're there and that you can draw upon them when you need a good laugh. Who has been through this before? Now, that can be helpful because there are just some things that you do not understand and will not until you've been there. And that's when having people, I was lucky to have, I call them three angels in my life, Marianne, Megan, and Ellen. I did not know any of them before my initial cancer diagnosis, but they came to me through friends of friends and they were my they were my help. They were my guide. They were my angels through my initial cancer diagnosis. And so when I wrote the book, Happiness Through Hardship, I actually dedicated it to the three of them because without them, it would have been a lot more difficult. And that is why I am here for you guys through the podcast, through the book, through Pretty Wellness. I am here because I want to share with you everything that I've learned and to let you know, I said this time after time after time again, It is devastating. It was devastating for us that I was diagnosed with cancer, but we were not devastated. We were able to find some joy within it all. So another point I want to make make for you is don't go to initial appointments alone. Choose somebody that can join you every time, whether it's the same person that's often easy and convenient or several different people, whatever works for you. The first few weeks are really tiresome, confusing, scary, and sometimes nauseating. That's why having a close friend or family member take notes at the appointment at your appointments is incredibly helpful. They can help you discuss potential treatment plans and provide questions to ask the doctors even when you are feeling crazed. Now, the last point I want to bring up is, we'll call it a medical binder. Now, today's day and age, everything's digital. So at the hospital that I'm a part of, we have a system called Epic. And if I want to pull down reports from doctor's appointments or scans that I've had, it's all in there. And that is an incredible resource. So if you have a hospital that you're working with, talk to them and see what their system is. They'll probably tell you anyway, but it's great to be signed up for that because there's so much you can do through it. I will say one area, at least in in the system I'm on, which is called Epic, I don't have access to my scans. And I find that really helpful because when you go for second or third opinions, they're going to want to see your actual scans. So after you have every scan, if, you've, if you're passing already, 
you can go to the medical records department and request CDs to be sent to you, or from here on out, be sure with your future scans. Every time you have a scan, after your scan, just walk to the medical records department and ask them for a copy, or sometimes I even ask for two, two separate CDs. So I have them, one for my files, one to send if I need it. Now, the other thing I think is great to have with you besides this, you know, call it medical binder or medical file, is a journal. Even if you are not somebody who loves to journal, it's great to have a notebook with you so that you can take notes. In the Happiness Through Hardship book, I actually have in one of the chapters a few pages of questions that I asked doctors, especially in the initial diagnosis. It is great to have these questions all in one place. So the book actually has a journal in the back, which you can use, but even if you don't, if this if this isn't your thing, try and have a notebook or a pad that houses all your questions and then your answers with it. That way you can draw upon it easily in the future. So those are some of my thoughts on the few days after diagnosis. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you want to connect or if you have question and topic ideas, that's what I'm here for. Please direct message me. You can reach me at Pretty Wellness on Instagram. If you're looking for immediate resources, though, obviously you can check out the book. I told you about that in the journal. Uh, I have a lot of resources online as well. You can go to prettywellness.com. There is a page of cancer resources that's easy to access. So thank you again for joining us. I hope this has been helpful. Please remember to subscribe and rate the Happiness Through Hardship podcast. Tune in every Wednesday for new episodes with inspirational stories and interviews. And then these mini episodes on Friday for those wanting more cancer inspiration. So I'm sending you lots of happiness and great health. Bye for now.